for the expansion and the influence of your kingdom in the earth. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, Lake Church. Amen. Well, we've got a special guest with us today. And uh, we just had a wonderful time at 9, and I guarantee you we're going to have a wonderful time at 11. Amen. And uh, so I had the opportunity of going to school the same time as this brother, graduating in 1993. That's a long time ago. A long time ago. Sometimes it seems short. Sometimes it seems ancient. Um, you know, back when, uh, you know, we were... There was really no computers at the time. I mean, it was like a 486, I think is what they had, which was the highest level of computer that they had. But uh, I'm old, okay? So uh, it's all right. But um, he traveled with Brother Hagan as part of his crusade team for many years, was associate pastor at Rainbow Bible Church, also taught at Rainbow Bible Training College. So let's give a warm welcome to Marty Blackwelder as he comes up here. Thank you, Pastor. Man, I about shouted myself out first service. We're not going to let first service outdo us, are we, second service? Come on. Anyway, so glad to be here with you uh, today. Thank you, Pastor, for having us. And Of course, you know, he said he's old. I was only 12 when I went, so that was 30 years ago. We won't talk about it. But anyway, so glad to be here with you. Uh, Going to have a great time this morning. Anybody ready to have a good time in the presence of God? Amen. I want to just uh, lay some groundwork. First of all, I want to commend you. You know, I thought maybe because of the different sizes of the, you know, one service a little larger than the next, maybe I'd do something different, you know, but it seemed like we should just do the same thing. So that way the whole house gets the same experience, you know, and we'll come back another time. But uh uh, I want to commend you, first of all, for being together as the body of Christ. You know, I made mention first service in, our, in the present ideologies of our society right now, uh, those being individualism, uh, you know, non-accountability, convenience, isolation. How many of you know those ideologies are con- uh, completely contrary to the ideologies of the kingdom? The kingdom of God is about unity being together, the communion of the saints. So I just want to commend you for being here as a member of the body of Christ. Something very uh, dear to the heart of God is the local church. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And you know, ever since he uttered those words, he's been busy establishing his kingdom building his church, the ecclesia, the elect, those who are, as we say, called out, separated from the world, separated unto his divine purpose, and empowered to establish his will and his kingdom in the earth. And a very essential part of the building program and process is the local church. I've said this and I'll say it again, you know, I don't think most Christians realize that one of the most significant decisions you will ever make in your life as a believer is where you go to church. That one decision will have tremendous impact on your personal life as a believer, the lives of your family, and impact your destiny where the kingdom of God is concerned. Uh, We say that because Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12 and verse 18, he said, God, notice this, God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. The Moffat translation says he's placed them right where he wanted them. So what that tells us as members of the body If God has set the members of the body right where he wants them, then where I go to church and where you go to church isn't so much a matter of personal preference as much as it is a matter of divine appointment, right? And we say there are several reasons for that. First of all, the first reason is every sheep needs a shepherd and a sheepfold. Uh, This is God's plan. So, God will set each one of us in a local church under the care of a pastor where we can be fed the Word of God. We can grow up spiritually. 
We can be nurtured and, and as we say, protected as a young believer. We can be encouraged and preserved as a mature believer. And where we can receive the necessary impartations of knowledge, truth, spiritual equipment, spiritual impartations that will keep us from the snares of the enemy along our journey and put us on the right path to fulfilling God's divine purpose for us, whether that be in life, ministry, business, whatever the case may be. And of course, we understand that the local church is where we find our significance, we say, as a Christian, is where our individual purposes in the body of Christ are discovered within the context of the corporate purpose. None of us were intended to be an entity unto ourselves. As a believer, our lives, our destinies, our purposes, guess what? Are interconnected in Christ. So my life as a Christian and your life as a Christian can never find its true expression until we learn how we relate to the body of Christ as a whole. And that discovery primarily for most of us take place within the context of the local church. And, and of course, you know, the local church is where we develop relationships with other believers. This, this ideology, once again, of isolation, uh, you know, individualism, that is totally contrary to the kingdom of God. We need each other. We need to stand by each other. We need to formulate relationships, encourage one another, right? We need people. Uh, Hebrews 10 and 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, right? But exhorting one another, encouraging one another. And get this, so much the more as you see the day approaching. How many of you know the day's approaching? <laughs> I'm telling you, every morning I get up, I'm waiting for the trumpet. Woo, I'm excited. Glory to God. I'm look, I've been that way. I was raised Southern Baptist, man. And I got born again when I was seven. Anybody raised Baptist? I mean, I got born again, walked down there seven years old. And honest to God, I used to jump up and down. I'd say, Mom and Dad, wouldn't it be awesome if Jesus came today? And guys, I still feel that way. Anybody with me? <laughs> I'm ready to blow this popsicle stand. Glory to God. But hey. We're going to do our job till Jesus comes, get as many people to take them with us. But, but being together, you know, I, I don't want to offend anybody watching by live stream. This is a joke, but, but still true, you know, has some truth to it. There, you've seen that little cartoon on Facebook, maybe, or some social media. I know Facebook's fine with the old people, isn't it? But Instagram or whatever you do, you know, older people, I don't But anyway, they had this cartoon, this Mr. Jones died. So he goes up to the pearly gates. St. Peter's there. He's looking through the roll. Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones. Oh, yes, I see. Mr. Jones right here. He said, now, Mr. Jones, I see that you didn't actually attend church, but you did watch it online. So you won't actually get to go into heaven, but you may watch it online. <laughs> now, we know that's not true, but anyway, it makes a good point. Let's stick together. You know, I say I'd, I'd never be where I am in my life if it were not for my constant and continual relationship with the local church throughout my life. There's something about being in the company of the local church. It's a place of safety. And I'll tell you what, serving in the local church, and I'll talk about it in a minute, but serving in the local church, many times throughout my young life, I, because I was serving and I had a place that I had to be, I was responsible to be, it kind of held me steady through some of the rocky times of you know, life where, where if you were on your own, man, you might go the way of the world, but it just you're in the arena, you know? So it's, it's something, there's safety there. So I served in the local church since I was 16. I, I was trained in the local church. I met my wife in the local church. Our ministry was launched from the local church, and a strong portion of our ministry today is still to the local church. So, once again, we said where we go to church is not so much a matter of personal preference as much as it is divine appointment. We said there's several reasons for it. First of all, God knows what every single one of us are going to need in this life. 
the truths, the impartations, the equipment. He knows where we're headed. He knows what our purpose is. And He knows where to send us to receive those things. He also knows the relationships that we're going to need with other people that will help us tremendously in our lives. And where to send us so that those relationships can be formulated and forged. Because there's not only personal destiny, but there's also what we call corporate destiny. So we said there's several reasons. One, God knows what we're going to need. But it's not all about what we receive. Equally important is what we can supply. And whether you believe you've got something to give or not, I want to tell you, you've got something to supply. I love Exodus 31, uh, beginning verse 1 through 6. You mind if we take a little time and read this? Notice this, talking about corporate destinies. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, See, I've called by name Bazil, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. I've filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and knowledge and all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting of jewels for setting and carving wood, to work in all manner of workmanship. And I've appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Ahishma of the tribe of Dan. And I've put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans so that they may make all that I have commanded you. Look in verse 11 and the anointing oil, and sweet incense for the holy place. Now watch this. According to all that I have commanded you, shall they do. Isn't that interesting? So we're talking about corporate destinies and that all of us have something to supply. God said, Moses, I want you to build me a tabernacle. But I'm going to send these guys to surround you who are gifted in setting stone, carving wood, timber, all of these gifts necessary to bring into fruition what I've commanded you to do. So when a, a God sends a pastor to a city or a region, guess what? He simultaneously calls a people, if they're listening, with the grace and the gift and the abilities and the resources to supply that vision and to bring it into fruition. So I, I know I don't, I don't go to church here, but I just want to say a big thank you from the God, the Father, and the, for the kingdom of God for being in your place and making your supply and bringing this vision into fruition because it's absolutely beautiful. Never let anyone or anything separate you from your God-appointed placement in the body of Christ as it pertains to the local church. I've been around long enough. I see people, they get you know disgruntled, maybe get uh, in disagreement about things. They have personal agenda, maybe. They get in the disappointments of life. They separate from their God-appointed place in the body. And then, you know, Things don't always go well. I, I've, I've witnessed that. So I believe there's a, an eternal blessing on the day when you stand before the Lord for just simply being in your place in the, in the house of God, in the local body of church, giving your supply. There's a blessing associated with that. Are you with me? And how many of you know you can be born and raised in the same city and attend the same church your entire life by the will and design of God? Amen. I know people transition. We understand that. But uh, once again, just encouraging along those lines. So yesterday I, I, I you know, drove on this campus. First time I've seen it. And I looked at the buildings and the grounds. And man, I was just so blessed to see what the Lord's done. How many of you believe the best is yet to come? So in light of that, I just wanted to kind of do that as a, you know, a little exhortation. But it just seemed good to me and to the Holy Spirit this morning, thinking about the facilities, the, you know, the ministry, the, the faithfulness of God, that we should have what we call a celebration service. Anybody up for it? <laughs> I am. A celebration service. And what I mean by that is calling to mind the goodness of God, in your life and mine, the faithfulness of God to His promises historically to us 
in the present, and we know we'll be faithful in the future. Calling to mind His blessings, His faithfulness, goodness, and offering what the Bible terms the sacrifice of praise. How many of you have ever heard that terminology, the sacrifice of praise? So I want to lay a little groundwork from the Scripture, all right, so that we have a, a good foundation from which to operate. And you'll feel comfortable when I start running around this building, all right? <laughs> Now, if this, in, if this service ends up being a little too wild for you, just come back. I'm visiting, okay? And so it'll be all right, all right? Praise God. But let's think about this sacrifice of praise. You know, in the Old Testament, there was a priesthood. And if you don't know, I'll give you a little history. It was from the tribe of Levi. And the Old Testament priests were responsible for offering all of the sacrifices and the offerings that were set forth in the Levitical law uh, in accordance with Old Testament ordinances of worship. It was their responsibility to offer those things. And there were daily sacrifices they had to make, weekly sacrifices, annual sacrifices. They had uh, wave offerings, grain offerings, offerings uh, when a person was restored, maybe they were sick and their health was restored, they would offer uh, a certain sacrifice for that. So, I mean, they had a multiplicity of sacrifices and offerings they were to, to give on behalf of themselves and the people. So, how many of you realize now we're in a New Testament, a new dispensation? But guess what? The institution of the priesthood still exists. Really? Yeah, how do you know? Well, because the New Testament tells us. Look here. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, notice. You, that's me and you, you are a chosen generation. A what? What's the next part? A royal priesthood. Wow. A holy nation. His own special people. I said, first service, if somebody comes up to you and say, well, aren't you special? You say, yes, I am. His own special people. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness <laughs> into his marvelous light. Woo! It's better in the light, isn't it? Glory to God. So, we are the New Testament priesthood. And guess what? As the sons and daughters who constitute the priesthood, we still have the responsibility of offering sacrifices in the new covenant. All right? Now, one thing is helpful to, re to remember is in the old covenant or old testament, old dispensation, prior to the dispensation of grace, there's a sin problem. Man is separated from God because of sin. And you know Romans 6.23. It says the wages, what's that mean? The payment, compensation, necessary for sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we've got a sin problem. The payment necessary for sin is death. So God said, all right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to devise a temporary solution for this sin problem. Here's what we'll do. Every year, once a year, annually, the high priest and only the high priest. And man, if you've ever read it, boy, you don't want to go in there if you're not the high priest. I mean, this guy had to do everything perfectly right. They had bells on the bottom of his robe, and he'd jingle while he's doing his business. And if they, and if they stopped hearing the bells jingle, they knew, whoops. And they tied a rope around his leg, and they'd pull him out of there. <laughs> Thank God for the new covenant. Woo! But anyway, so he'd go in there. And he would offer the blood of a sacrificial animal and sprinkle the blood on the altar and sprinkle it on the mercy seat in the very inner sanctuary, inner sanctuary of the Holy of Holies in that temple, in the very presence of God. 
And God said, I'll receive the blood of that animal as payment for the sins of the people up for one year. And so you say, well, why blood? Well, Leviticus 17 and verse 11, notice what it tells us. The life of the flesh is where? In the blood. And I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement or what? Compensation for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement or payment or compensation for the soul. And so when they shed the blood of that animal and poured it out on the altar and sprinkled it on the mercy seat, it was the life of that animal because the life of the flesh is in the blood. And God said, I'm basically, I'm taking this as a substitution for you. It's a substitutionary sacrifice. And it will pay for the sins of the people for one year. And we'll do it every year. We're going to call it the Day of Atonement. The Day of Payment. And we'll do it annually until I can send the final solution. Woo! Which He did. Praise God. Matthew 1 and 21. She will bring forth a son. She will call His name Jesus. He will save His people from their sins. How? By shedding His own blood. Listen, the Lamb of God. Slain, the Bible says, from the foundations of the world. He shed His blood upon the altar of the cross, eternally purging the sins of all those who will receive the sacrifice. How many of you have received the sacrifice? Woo! If you haven't, you can this morning. Congratulations, your sins are forgiven. You're white as snow. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 9.22 says, Without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission. What's that mean? No dismissal of the charges. But praise God. Hebrews 9.12 says, Not with the blood of bulls and goats or calves, but with His own blood. He entered once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. So good news, guys. That offering, that sacrifice never has to be offered again. It's been offered once and for all, eternally securing our salvation as believers. So here we are now. We're in a New, Dis- uh, New Testament dispensation, the dispensation of grace. And as we've seen, we're the New Testament priesthood. And there are still sacrifices that now we're required to offer. It isn't the blood of goats, pigeons, or doves. What is it? What are the sacrifices? Look right here in the New Testament, 1 Peter 2, 5. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, yes, to offer up, somebody tell me, spiritual sacrifices. Spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So, the sacrifices that you and I are required, right, to offer as the New Testament priesthood are spiritual in nature and origin. And the New Testament tells us what they are. Now, there are several, but we're going to just mention one or two. Uh, the first one, and we won't camp on this, just mentioning it, mentioning it uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, you remember? Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a what? A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to Him, which is our reasonable service. One translation says, our spiritual worship. And be not conformed to this world. Be transformed. Be changed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or demonstrate what is the uh, good and perfect will of God. I I like this uh, particular translation or paraphrase, whatever it is, the Message Bible. 
I didn't give it to you guys. I'll just quote it to you. But Paul said, same verse, but Message Bible. says, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. And it does take his help. I want you to take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping. You're eating. You're going to work. You're walking around life. And I want you to place it before me as an offering. Right? And don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even realizing it. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. That's beautiful, isn't it? So one of the sacrifices you and I are to offer as a New Testament believer, this moment by moment, day by day, living in submission and honor and reverence and obedience to Him. We know that. But the one we want to camp on this morning is over in Hebrews chapter 13. And look in verse 15. Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore by Him, by Jesus Christ, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. So here's another sacrifice that you and I as the priesthood are supposed to offer to our Father God through Jesus Christ. And that is the sacrifice of praise. And notice he specifies exactly what that sacrifice consists of. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto his name. So we say it this way. The sacrifice of praise demands demands the expression of the heart in thanksgiving to God through the lips or the mouth. Now, in our modern society, people have become very uncomfortable expressing their hearts. It's easier to substitute an external action. Let's praise God for an internal response. Right Now you can clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of tribe. Don't have a problem with it. Hallelujah. Enjoy yourself. But when somebody says, let's praise God, that's when the hands go up and the mouth comes open and the heart begins to express thanksgiving to, to the Father God. Are you with me? So the fruit of our lips giving thanks to our name. Does the Scripture... You know, verify that? Sure. Multiple scriptures, but here's two. Psalm 34 and verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. Now notice this. His praise shall continually be where? Huh? In my mouth. Right? Here's another one. Psalm 71 and verse 8. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your honor all the day. So once again, when we say we're going to praise God, that means somebody's going to be saying something. <laughs> right? Now I taught in the uh, Rhema School of Worship as among the, the other schools as well. But So I did a little research you know, on praise and worship and so forth. So in, in the Hebrew, the word praise has about four or five different meanings or connotations, you know. So I thought I'd just go over them with you so you, you get ready to implement them, okay? So the first meaning of praise in the Hebrew means to shine, shine. Now, what do you mean? That has something to do with our countenance. You know, the Bible says, believers, lift up your countenance. I mean, some Christians look like they've just been sucking on lemons, I mean, you go into those church services like a funeral home. Good Lord. Man, we've been saved. Filled with the Holy Ghost. That's something to shine about. <laughs> so don't tell me you're praising God when you say, well, the Lord is good. Mercy endures forever. Really? I don't believe you. Let me see you shine. Everybody smile at me. Even if you don't have teeth, go ahead. <laughs> Glory to God. We're not in Arkansas, are we? We're out here in Oklahoma. I'm just a kidding. But anyway, shine. <laughs> so it means to shine. So that's 
There should be something going on in the countenance, right? The second meaning of praise is to make a show. Is that script? Yeah, make a show. That means when people are gathered together and they're praising God, there's something visible happening. There's some kind of demonstration. Somebody's making a show. Are you with me? Uh, about the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. Hallelujah. So you're going to shine, make a show, and if you don't know what that looks like, just hang around. Amen. Shine, make a show. Now listen, here's a third one. means to boast. Boast. When you boast about something, you're, 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 you're talking about how amazing it is, awesome, you know. Uh, so if we were to boast in God, I kind of gave this illustration for service. You know, when we were on the playground, I mean little three, you know, five-year-old, six-year-old boys, and you get in a little tussle, and then you say, hey, my dad's going to beat your dad up. You remember that? My dad's this, my dad's six feet three, he's kind of, you know, and you talk about your dad. Well, boasting is a part of praise, and you start talking about the fact <laughs> you, Father, are awesome. You're the supreme ruler of this universe. You've got, God's got all power, all authority, all dominion. There's none above you, none beside you, none before you. You alone are God. Woo! Start boasting about Him. <laughs> you start boasting about Him, you start believing it. So you shine, you make a show, you boast. Now here's, here's a good one. And this is scriptural in the Hebrew. It means to celebrate. Praise is celebration. I know what it's like to be in the awesome presence of God. In His holy presence. I mean my face in the carpet. Weeping tears. I know that place. I, I visit it. But then there's time. How many of you know heaven's going to be a place of celebration too? All these folks are a little nervous when there's some noise. They're going to have to get used to it. There's going to be some celebration. And think about it now. Come on. Think about it. When you celebrate, what does that look like when a person celebrates? You go to your favorite, uh, anybody football fan? Come on, come on. Football, basketball, baseball, uh, soccer, whatever your, your team may be or your favorite sport. Now, if you're a diehard fan and you go to the game, right? And I mean it's down to the wire and it's really close and your team's got the ball. And they, they make a touchdown. They get a completed pass and they make a touchdown. If you're a fan, <laughs> you don't sit there and say, well, isn't that awesome? Martha. They got a touchdown. You're not a fan if you act like that. I mean, man, and listen, when your team makes that touchdown and you got your buddies or your girlfriends all around and you're a real fan, what do you do? I mean, you're jumping up and down. And you're hugging people and you're dancing around. You're what? You're celebrating. And guess what? Nobody thinks anything about it. It's like, man, look at those guys. <laughs> they're fans. Boy, they're diehard fans. They're celebrating. Jesus did a lot more than take a bag of wind down the field. He saved us, redeemed us, lifted us up. And guess what, man? He deserves a little celebration. And you're absolutely scriptural in doing so. To shine, make a show, boast, celebrate. And then, of course, the final is to, and there's your mouth again, uh, to, to speak favorably of. So when we're praising God, just like you were saying earlier, we're, we're speaking favorably, we're thanking. Thank you, Lord. You made us new creations. 
Old things have passed away. All things have become new. All things are of God. You've taken us out of darkness into light, out of death into life. You've raised us up. You've made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You've made us more than conquerors. Greater is He that is in us. Thank you. Right? And man, we just start declaring that and speaking favorably. Now, here's the Greek. And this is where you come in personally. The Greek meaning of praise is the genuine, that means heartfelt, the genuine confession of facts in one's life that gives glory to God. Now what that means is what he's done for you personally, the genuine confession of facts in one's life that brings glory to God. When he's done something for you personally, he saved you, man. Out of such a horrible life, turned your life around, got you out of drugs, alcohol, addiction, depression, anxiety, helped your business, helped you pay your bills when you didn't know how you were going to do it, saved your marriage, turned your kids around or gave you kids when they said you couldn't have any. Woo! What he's done for us personally. And doing what? Offering the sacrifice of praise to him in thanksgiving for that in the midst of the congregation. Because that's what they would do in the old covenant. They'd come in in the tabernacle. And we are now that tabernacle. The dwelling place of God. And we're to offer these sacrifices of praise. So that's what we're going to do this morning. First Chronicles 16 and 34 says... Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? Why do we have to give thanks? Because He's good. And His mercy endures forever. Here's a good one. Psalm 92 verses 1 and 2. Watch this. It is good. To do what? To say thank you to the Lord. If you start saying thank you more often, you'll complain a lot less. It's good to say thank you to the Lord, even if it's for the small things. I go down the road thanking God for my Toyota Tacoma. It's 20 years old, got 214,000 miles on it. And I say, thank you, Lord. Amen. <laughs> Find something to thank God for. And I'm not going to get rid of it. I like it. It is good to say thank you to the Lord. To sing praises to the God who is above all gods. Now watch this verse 2. Every morning tell Him, thank you for your kindness. Every evening rejoice in all of His faithfulness. Here's a good one now. Psalm 35, 28. Now this, this is where this comes in. I will tell everyone. Not going to keep it to myself. I'll tell everyone how good and how great you are, or great and good. I will praise you all day long. Whew. Guys, this isn't a New Testament suggestion. This is a New Testament command. We're the priesthood. We have the privilege of offering the sacrifice of praise to our Father. So that's what we're going to do this morning. And here's the game plan. Did you know the natural facilitates the spiritual? So I'm going to give you the game plan. So we can act upon this. In a moment, not now, but in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand. And then I'm going to count to three. And when I do, I want every person in this room to lift your voice in a shout of praise to God. We're going to scare every devil in Manford. Right? Lift your voice in a shout of praise. You say, do I have to shout? I'm visiting this morning. Well, just go ahead and let it rip. Everybody else is going too. There's something about that shout. I'm telling you. Uh, you know, you can read so many scriptures in the book of Psalms. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Right? Be joyful and shout unto the Lord. I mean, over and over. Have you ever read the Old Testament battle plans of God? See, if God likes it, then I like it. Right? And obviously, He likes it. 
Because when they fought the battle of Jericho, he said, now six days I want you to walk around this thing, those walls. Don't say a word. Can you imagine keeping two million people quiet for six days? And then they walk around. He said, now on the sixth day, I mean the seventh day, I want you to go around it six times. And then on the seventh time, the priests are going to blow the trumpet. And when they do, I want you to shout. (laughs) There's something about that shout, man, in the realm of the Spirit. And when they shouted, because it's not emotionalism, comes out of the Spirit of His saints, things happen. Those walls fell down. You got some walls that need to come down. We're going to shout them down. And it's not emotionalism. I tell people, you know, there's an old detergent called shout. And they say, for the tough stains, shout it out. Maybe you got some stuff, man. You just need to blow the cobwebs out this morning. You just need to clear the air. The old devil's been on your back. Just shout it out. You say, is that real? It is. There's something about praising God. We're, we're going to start with that shout. Let me show you something, though, here in Acts 16, 25 and 26. Notice. This is my last scripture. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, here we go, they prayed. Thank God, maybe you've prayed, right? And sang praises unto God. In a very quiet, timid voice, they didn't want to disturb the other prisoners. Is that what it said? No, the prisoners heard them. I mean, these guys, they didn't care who heard them. (laughs) They were praising God in shackles and chains. Everybody in the prison is probably saying, dear God, I wish those guys would shut up. But watch, and suddenly, man, once you've prayed and praised, you qualify for a suddenly. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately, now I want you to pay attention to this word, all the doors were open. Everyone's bands were loosed. Did you notice that? So what does that tell us? Not just Paul and Silas who were actually doing the praising, but everybody in the vicinity, right, got blessed. They got the overflow of their praise. When you and I start praising God, the presence of God comes in and bands can be loosed and burdens can be lifted. Doors can be opened, right? And I'm not trying to hype you up. I'm telling you the Bible, there's power in praise. So we're going to start with a shout of praise, right? And then I'm going to ask some of you, as your heart prompts you, to come do what this scripture says, I will tell everyone how good and how great you've been. If God has ever delivered you, if He delivered you, I don't care if it's drugs, alcohol, whatever it was, Uh, If he's helped you in any way, anybody in this room ever been healed? Raise your hand. You've been healed. I mean bona fide healed by the power of God. You come tell it. Why? Because it's a sacrifice of praise. And when you tell it, the genuine confession of facts in one's life that gives glory to God, you not only glorify God for what he's done, but you encourage the faith of other people who are sitting in this room who will say, you know what? If he's done it for them, he'll do it for me. And guess what? You're scriptural. You're offering a personal sacrifice of praise to God, thanking Him for what He's done. So we're going to have a corporate, then we're going to have some personal. Now listen, when you come, I'll have some line up here, some line up here. I'll call you one at a time. I'm going to hold the microphone because I want to make sure it's close to your mouth so everybody can hear, right? Now, I used to say ladies, but it's not just ladies. This is not gender-oriented. This is personality type. So if you're a person given to a lot of detail, right, what we need are headlines. You know the newspaper? You got headlines, fine print, no fine print. We don't have time for fine print. We want the headlines, but give us enough to make it interesting. Well, I had this and that, and the Lord healed me, or whatever it is. You got it? All right, and don't sit there like a bump on the log because I will come get you, right? Because I just saw your hand. You said I got healed (laughs) and I got you. All right, so you don't have to be embarrassed about it, man. 
let, let the sacrifice come forth. And what are we going to do? We're going to celebrate with you. We're going to give God praise for it. (laughs) This is a conditioning service for the days to come. Because I'm telling you, the glory of God is going to fill this house. It has, it is, but it will also continue in a greater measure. Are you with me? And we need to loosen up and get ready. So we're going to shout initially. Then we're going to get, take some personal testimonies. And then we're going to give what we call the final shout of praise. But that praise is with direct intention. And what I mean by that is it's a praise of expectation. And, 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 and more specifically, if you have something that you've prayed for, and believe for, but you haven't yet seen the the manifestation of it. There's an old saying that says, our celebration is a demonstration of our faith in the fact. God has heard my prayer, and the answer is on the way. And because I believe it's on the way, and it's mine, I'm going to praise Him at this moment, whether I feel it or whether I don't. Are you listening? So that's a praise of expectation. Lillian B. Yeomans, who was a medical doctor, she was delivered from morphine addiction, man. She got gloriously saved. She had a healing ministry in the 40s. She said, praise hastens victory. She should know amazing miracles. But she said, there's something about praising God that activates or accelerates sometimes victory. And we see that in the scripture. Like I made mention, when did the walls fall around Jericho? Before or after they shouted? Before. I mean, excuse me, after they shouted. But they shouted before the walls fell. That was a trick question. What I confused myself. <laughs> Everybody stand up in the house. Woo! I know it's 12-11. I'm not going to keep you that long. This isn't that bad, is it? Somebody come move this thing for me. Give me some dancing room. Now, guys, listen, we're going to start with a corporate shout. But when I get to the part and I say, hey, somebody come tell me how good you come on up here. Young people. old well, we won't say just everybody. Right. We won't classify because really there's no there's no age in the spirit. Isn't that good? The outward man perishes, but the inward man's renewed day by day. You come up here and what, what are you doing when you come? You're offering the Father the sacrifice of praise. I'll tell everyone how good you've been to me. Right? Everybody say headlines. Headlines. All right. Are you ready? Guys, y'all ready in the sound booth and in the back? We're going to count to three. We're going to give a shout. You say, well, now, are you sure I I should shout? Yeah. If you've never tried it, it's so liberating. (laughs) I go down in my man cave in my basement. I just shout. Oh, it's good. Are you ready? All right. We're going to outdo the battle of Jericho here. We're going to lift up the name. There's in the realm of the spirit, guys, I'm telling you, something reverberates when the saints of God lift a shout of praise to God Almighty in the earth. It is so powerful. Are you ready? One, two. Don't make me shout by myself. Three. Come on. You've been kind. We thank you, Father. Oh, thank you what you have done. Thank you for what you are doing. And thank you for what you've yet to do in our midst. Thank you for miracles this morning. Thank you for captives being set free. Thank you for hearts being renewed. Thank you for joy being restored. Thank you for burdens being lifted in the name of Jesus. Oh, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. He woke us up this morning. Started us on our way. Give him the glory. Come on. Hey, give him praise. 
You know you got a right. You got a right to praise him. You got a right. You got a right to praise him. You ought to praise the Lord. You got a right to praise him. You ought to praise the Lord. Hey, you got a right to praise him. You ought to praise him. Why? He woke us up this morning. Started us on our way. Give him the glory. Hey, I give him praise. Woo! Give him glory. Give him glory. Hey, give him praise. It's good. He woke us up this morning. That's good. Started us on our way. Give him the glory. Hey, give him praise. Woo! You got a right to praise him now. You got a right. So here's what I want to do now a little bit, Jack. I want somebody to come up here and tell us how good God's been to you. Don't make me come get you now. Just stand right here on each side and I'll call you up. Come on up, brother. Tell us how good he's been to you. I'll hold the mic. Uh, God's been so good to me. He's delivering many years of drugs and alcohol and 20 years of prison. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on up, honey. Tell us how good he's been to you. Whenever the woman that was pregnant with me was carrying me, she was on her way to wait a have minute, her. Wait a minute, say it again so I can hear you. Okay, whenever the woman that was pregnant with me, she was carrying me, she was on her way to have her third abortion. And my mom was in the car and she said, if you'll have her, I'll keep her. And God saved my life. <laughs> and you're here, hallelujah. Come on up, honey. Tell us how good he's been. He pulled me from the pits of hell and he gave me a new family. <laughs> Come on up, brother. We got us a tall one. I'll hold it up. All right. So when I was about 10 years old, this finger right here got bent because I fell off of a bridge that my mom told me not to, to walk on. So I was doing the wrong thing, but uh, this finger was bent for months. Then I went and got prayed for at a church. And... Um, the very next day, it was straight. It was healed. So God <laughs> He's a healer. Oh, yeah. See, this is the sacrifice of praise, man. Isn't it? It's wonderful. Tell us how good he's been. I have been raised my entire life with a religious mindset. I am finally free, and I know Jesus Christ. <laughs> Come on up, honey. Tell us how good the Lord's been to you. Glory to God. I was sick and diagnosed. My esophagus completely quit working. My nervous system quit working. Every organ in my body was failing. I was 70 pounds. I had 26 surgeries, and they told me there was no hope. I had one week to live. They called my family in and everything, but I stood on the word of God because God said that man cannot live on bread alone, but every single word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, and I stood on his word. I told the doctor, let me out. I went to a church service went up front and the lady comes down and starts singing break every chain i threw the paperwork and i said god you're my healer fire hit me all down my esophagus i've been healed ever since the devil's alive (laughs) (laughs) he is faithful man i tell you that that's a testimony come on up brother come on up they're gonna start that track again we just all right tell us how good he is all right, so for years, I had a cyst on my shoulder the size of a tangerine. I didn't want to go to the doctor. I'm cheap. I didn't want to pay money for it. So I, I prayed. It would not go away, and I went up for prayer one day, and I told my wife I was at work, and I'm like, it's hot. I'm sweating. I don't know what's going on. It wasn't sweating. It went away on its own during the day. I sweat that out in a day. <laughs> and it's still gone. Glory to God. Come on up, brother. Tell us how good he's been to you. Oh, I tell you, I'll tell everyone how good. Tell them. In 2006, I had a spinal injury, and uh, I had a, it was back. I had MRIs. They checked on me, and they said, uh, they said, uh, man, by 2007, you ain't even going to be able to lift up a coffee cup. And by 2008, 
You're going to be paralyzed from the neck down if you don't get this surgery. I walked up to my pastor, my pastor, and I said, they've given me nothing but bad news. Test after test after test after test. They said, you've got to get the surgery. You're not going to be the same person. One small thing happens to you, you're not going to get up and walk away from it. I got prayed for. And in 2022, I'm drinking a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> That's my favorite, too, Dr. Pepper. Come on. <laughs> Come on up, Amber. Tell us how good it's been. Okay, so uh, 21, 22 years ago is 2000, whatever. So I was a daredevil, clumsy daredevil, and I went down the side of the dam, and I had, um, it was, I ended up hitting my forehead, ended up going to the emergency room, 57 stitches, double layer. I, the doctor was like, yeah, your nerval damage in your eye is gone. Well, guess what? I can move that eye, and I haven't been able to in like 20 years, so praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's a healer. Has the Lord been good to anybody? Oh, I tell you, we could go on and on, but listen, I want us now, I'm on, on our final praise here, I want you to get in your mind's eye something you're believing God for that you want to see, you know, uh, you've made your prayer, you've made your petition, but you're standing in faith. We're going to make this our praise of expectation. Are you with me? So that means I want to ask you a question. How would you act? And how would you celebrate if you knew the thing that you prayed for, God heard you, and it was on the way? How would you praise it? Just go ahead and show. Go ahead. <laughs> you might need to take off running a little bit. You might need to shout a little bit. You might need to, <laughs> you might need to dance a little bit. Hey, sometimes you're going to get a happy about it. Oh, here it comes. Glory to God. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Listen here, I will tell you something. I told this story first service, but I'll tell you just to talk about praising God in faith sometimes. There was a young lady in one of our services years and years ago. She waited 10 years to write us. Go ahead. <laughs> but she said she was in a service of this kind of atmosphere and she'd had chronic asthma all her life and she'd never been in a service like that, had a hair bun and, and nice shoes and everybody was taking off. People were dancing and celebrating like we're doing. And she said, something came over me and I felt like I should run. You remember the Spirit of God came upon Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 18 and he outran the chariots? That's the Spirit of might or the Spirit of the Lord. So she said, I felt like I should run, but I'd never been in a service like that. And so I, I just didn't. And I was, you know, had my heels and looking fine. And, and so it died down. And then she said, you got up there and said, God wants to work a miracle for somebody, but you missed your opportunity through the power of praise. And so she said, we're going to give you, no I said, we're going to give you another chance. And we started praising God again. She said, that same, same spirit came on me. And she said, I kicked off those high heels. I took off running. And she said, I had chronic asthma all my life. And she said, God is my witness. When I got around halfway of that building, I should have been. And she said, this warmth came over me. I was totally healed and she said, it's been 10 years, and I'm still here. So somebody praise him one more time. Come on, lift your voice there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We expect, we believe. And guess what I think? I'm going to sing you another song here. I'll tell you what I think. We'll stop that track, because this is what I'm expecting your testimony to be, right? You'll, you'll say, hey, remember that service we had? And I said this before, but that skinny little boy from Georgia came. 
And he said, you know, let's praise God in expectation. And I praise God believing. And guess what? It came to pass. And your testimony will be, look what the Lord has done. Amen. Crank it up, Brother Jack. Woo! Crank it up. There. Look what the Lord had. That's what you're going to say. Hey, he healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. Oh, each day he's just the same. Come help me praise him. Look what the Lord. Hey, look what the Lord. Look what the Lord has done. Hey, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. Each day he's just the same. Come help me praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Hey, I got it. I got it. <laughs> hey, I got it. I got it. Something about that Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I got it. I know you got it. I got it. I got it. Hey, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Hey, something about that Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I got it in my hands. Got it in my feet. Got it in my walk. Got it in my talk. Got it all over me. God's not dead, y'all. God's not dead. He's still alive. God's not dead. He's still alive. I feel him in my hands. Feel him in my feet. Feel him in my walk. Feel him in my talk. Feel him all over. Hey, God's not dead. God's not dead, y'all. He's still alive. God's not dead, he's still alive. I feel him in my hands, feel him in my feet, feel it in my walk, feel it in my talk, feel it all over. Hey, I got it. I got it. Anybody else got the victory this morning? Got it. I got it. <laughs> Something about that Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I got it in my hands, got it in my feet, got it in my walk, got it in my talk, got it in my hands, got it in my feet, got it in my walk, got it in my talk, got it all over me. Hey, well, look what. <laughs> She's a drinker. <laughs> he healed my body. Hey, he saved me. Just in time, oh, I'm going to praise his name. Each day, he's just the same. Come help me praise him. Look what the Lord One more time. <laughs> hey, he healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time, oh, I'm going to praise his name. Each day he's just the same. Come help me praise him. Look what the Lord. Somebody help me praise him. Come help me praise him. Look what the Lord. Oh. Somebody. Look what the Lord. Oh yeah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Man, I tell you, there's something good and liberating about praising God. Like we said, it just kind of blows the cobwebs out. Are you with me? Oh, hallelujah. Guys, we love you. Praise God for you. The best is yet to come. Thank you for those who testified. We're going to come back sometime and have another good time if the pastor will have me. And uh, I'm going to turn it back to pastor. Thank you for your patience today. Glory to God. Well, let's give the Lord a shout of praise one more time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lord is good. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. Will you can be seated just for a moment? We do want to give you an opportunity before we close the service to be able to give to this ministry that's transforming lives all over the world. And uh, so we want you to be able to use the text to give, use the various means that we have, lake-church.com. We'll make sure that 100% of it goes towards this ministry. So uh, we're going to do that. So you can do it by the text to give. You can do it by all the different ways. And I'm going to pray over the offering. Now, after we close the service, there will be counselors that are up here, ministers that will be up here to minister to any needs you might have. If you need to be born again here today, if you need um, to rededicate your life or be filled with the Holy Spirit or need deliverance in your life or healing, then praise God. Don't walk out the door without getting assistance with those things. Amen. Uh, you know, we don't have the hope of tomorrow. Amen. Uh, praise God. Things can change pretty quick. But praise the Lord. Jesus has made a way. Amen. And so we want you to uh, come up and receive the Lord. That's the most important thing that we would want you to do today if you desire. Amen. And also remember that September 4th, we're going one accord, one place, the Holy Ghost. Amen. 10 a.m. service. And uh, praise the Lord. This is just a foretaste of wonderful things that are to come. Amen. As well as we come together collectively as a church family. Amen. The dynamics of our services are going to change drastically. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I want to pray over it, and then when I do, they're going to take up the offering, and I'll sing a special. And then, uh, <laughs> so, Father, just give you praise. We thank you so much for your sweet spirit among us. Thank you, Father God, for encouraging our hearts, strengthening us with your joy and with your peace and your comfort. We thank you, Father God, that we walk out of here empowered, empowered in new creation life so that we can go forth into our weeks and into our days, months, and years ahead with the power of God. We're so grateful for that. In Jesus' name, and everyone that agrees with that prayer, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I guess I'll just look at you while we're, <coughs> while we're taking it up. Jack's going to turn the track on. I can't sing like Marty. <laughs> Amen. Be like Slim Whitman uh, singing there. But uh, God is good. Have you been blessed today? I want to encourage you to, uh, materials are back there, CDs of various things, USBs that are available. Good, dynamic teaching, strong teaching, teaching that will grow you. So let's, let's empty that table. Amen. And uh, praise the Lord. Look forward to tonight. We got Bob Hazy over there in the uh, uh, student ministry building with uh, Reset, amen. So encourage you to be there tonight, 6 o'clock p.m., amen.